Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multi uh, Multipass. You know this Multipass. Lilu Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. Multipass. You know how it is. Bumping to each other. Sparks multi happen. Yeah, she knows it's a Multipass. Yeah, anyway, we're in love. All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Let's talk seminars. Just a reminder that all seminars for 2021 will be in Wichita Falls. Next one up will be April 16th through the 18th, then June 11th through the 13th, and then August 13th through the 15th. For camps coming up, we have a coaching development camp at Starting Strength Houston on March 6th covering how to coach the power clean. And we have a squat camp on March 13th at Starting Strength Dallas. For squat and deadlifts camps, we have a few on the list. We'll be in Starting Strength Austin on March 28th and Moodus, Connecticut at Anino Strength and Conditioning on April 17th and then at Starting Strength Houston on April 24th. Rob Santana and his nutrition extravaganza are coming to Starting Strength Houston on March 13th. And then we still have a multitude of meets that testify strength and conditioning in Omaha, including a USA weightlifting meet, some strongman action, and a strengthlifting meet, where we do in fact contest the squat. Starting strength gyms are all open and operating, where you can come in and work with a coach for less than 30 bucks a session. New cities popping up all the time. And of course, shout out to Ray Gillenwater of Starting Strength Gyms, who pulled me from a burning tank and saved my life during the Revolutionary War. To get a hold of that handsome man or to find out more information, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday. And I know you don't care about that, but I do. My whole week revolves around Friday. Because this is where I get to express myself and indulge myself in saying the most outrageous shit that anyone can say on a podcast. And... Uh, as a result of that, I just, you know, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And I know that you do too, don't you? So, here are comments from the haters. Now, this, this is a return to good haters comments. We got some pretty good ones this week. Finally. Finally. I'm tired of you guys falling down on the goddamn job. Uh, for example, cute Mark. This is in reference to the Sirloin Tips Cafe Classic Show. One day when you grow up to be a man, you will start grilling your steaks or charcoal. That doesn't. That does look good, though. Bottom, 0.001%. He failed to note that I wasn't cooking a steak. <laughs> I wasn't making a steak. I was making sirloin tips, which is not a steak. Uh, 
<laughs> Whoo, boy, I tell you, these guys are. Craig Crawford says, Rip's wrought hand is so used to pulling his little TT that it can't stop moving during the podcast. <laughs> Let me show you how I operate my little TT, Craigie. Two hands. <laughs> this is what's necessary for Rip. Little Craig. <laughs> oh, shit. Imagine how big the splash would be if Rip did a belly flop. That's stupid. Boys can do better than that. Let's see. What else? Uh, as a board certified. All right. Matthew Alpert says, as a board certified upper extremity specialist, whatever that means, if this were true and the only thing needed to stop impingement then nobody would have an impingement because everybody presses correctly. Right. right? He's board certified. Though. He's board certified. Hey, I don't know, but he may be a doctor. What did he say? He may be a doctor. He said upper extremity specialist? A board certified upper extremity Can specialist. Can chiropractors be board certified? As a board certified upper extremity specialist. As your attorney, <laughs> as a registered nurse, as a landfill management specialist, <laughs> as a, that's always funny. Did you? Yeah. Was he you a, got a white coat and a stethoscope on? Uh, he looks exactly what you think a physical therapist would look like. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Matthew, Matthew Alpert. Occupational therapist. Oh, he's a he's a therapist. He's an occupational therapist. He's a therapist. Ah, got it. Well, Matthew, thanks for checking in, my man. You'll be the first guy I pay for an opinion. <laughs> okay, why don't you see if there's a PT in that gym? You could look. You look like you could do with some tips on how to exercise and eat healthy. This is in response to the trap bar video. <laughs> he thinks you need to. <laughs> you should look around your gym for a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah, my gym. In my gym. In that gym. This is Nick March, by the way. Is he an occupational therapist? I don't know. He's, no, he's just your run-of-the-mill street-level stupid motherfucker. He's a jailer. He's a yeah. <laughs> he's a county jailer. He's a corrections <laughs> officer. A corrections officer. That's what he is. Yeah. Well, now here's a here's an actual true comment. Rip is turning into more of an irritable, stubborn man as he ages. Pay thousands at a seminar. Thousands? Not quite. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Soon. At a seminar to have a crusty lobster talk bad to you. <laughs> Southern Hospitality, BTW. That means by the way. Yeah, I know. I've okay. seen it abbreviated that way before. Uh, here's another guy that says, I like how he's kept up his fitness. <laughs> 
That's also in response to the trap bar comment. Oh, and this is this is. Uh, Why that trap bar get so much? I don't know. Because it pisses yeah. everybody off yep. that I said it was not worth a fuck. Yep. That that one the uh, everyone off. Why functional training is useless uh, or a waste of time, and then the plate video are are most some of our most popular. Right. Yeah. Because people like to hate the, the the trap bar video has a bunch of views. Is that right? It, well, it keeps it keeps popping up on people's suggestions. I guess it's probably because right. it's the only video that talks shit about it. Honestly. Could be. It is. Yeah. It is because everybody else thinks it's wonderful. You know why they like it? So they don't have to learn how to deadlift. Coach it. Yeah. You're not coach it. You, you can't do it wrong. And that's always a good thing, right? Stand up. You grab it. And you stand up. You do it. And then stand up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rip is in shape. It's called a circle. <laughs> and that's coming, coming to, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from the heaters. So, sometimes the most basic ones are the best. Yeah, that was, yep. that was the <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. Most, the most juvenile You know, shit. you've got, you've got your, you've got your, Simple things work best kind of thing yeah. operating there, don't you? Well, all right. So, uh, got my Rush Limbaugh shirt on today. Rest in peace, Rush. Rest in peace, Rush. These fucking leftists are walking around. You knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Talking shit about the man after he dies. You know, there's such tiny little things, leftists. Such shitty little individuals bent on destroying everything they touch. They're like the berserkers. Fred Saberhagen's famous science fiction series. All they do is destroy shit. As his last act, Rush should have identified as black, and then this could all be hate speech. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been real good. You know, I started listening to Rush in 89, and I've listened to him basically every day for 32 years. And, you know, those of you people that don't like Rush can all just go get fucked because you don't know what you're talking about. And just shut up. You look like idiots. And the problem with that is it doesn't bother you that you look like idiots. Was he the? Is you know, he the biggest show, or is Ramsey the biggest show? Of all time, no, 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 no. God, no. Rush was four times Ramsey's audience, especially there at the end. He, his estimated audience over the past six months has been like fifty-five million people. There's not any television show or any newscast in the United States that even approached that. No, you know, nobody approached that, and. You listen to a guy talk every day for 32 years and you get to know the guy, you know, you get to know the guy. Uh, A man can't lie to you effectively for 32 years for three hours a day. It just takes too much energy, you know, and you know the guy and he was a good man and I'll miss him. So, so the top show is now going to be Hannity. Top show. I don't know what they're going to do with his slot right now. They're running uh, best of. Oh yeah. Right now they're and they may do that a while. 
his uh, so it's Limbaugh, Hannity, uh, Marketplace, All Things Considered. Both of those are NPR, right? Yeah. And then Dave Ramsey. Those are the top five. And uh, so fucking Hannity goes to the top. Hannity's oh, God. by default. Damn. Hannity's he's, he's got a fifteen hundred word vocabulary. <laughs> We just keep saying the same things over and over and over yeah, again. No shit. It's just so tiresome and boring. Learn some new words, Sean. <laughs> Mom and pop, bathroom, server, kitchen, closet. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Over and over again. <laughs> Two-syllable max. Grounded pound, MMA style. Remember what he talked about? The no, I haven't listened to that fucker in a very long time. Oh, it's been a long time since I've listened to it, too. It's so bad. I mean, not that I listen to yeah. radio anymore much, but... Well, do the amount of driving I do, I end up listening to radio. But You have to switch to podcasts Man, now. I've been listening to a bunch of music recently. Yeah. You have to switch to podcasts. <laughs> or... It's way less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Pod... yeah, and that's exactly why I'm doing You can't listen to the news. Because... 98% of the newscast, of anybody's newscast, is a bald-faced lie. Same reason why I told you and myself just, last month. I can't. I can't do you, it. You can't risk your sanity. You Audiobooks know. and podcasts. Yeah, I need to shift over, I guess. All right, well, all of that important shit having been said, looky, it's Q&A time. Now, this time, we're going to do this a little differently. Normally, Bree and I sit down and review these uh, these deals and select and cull and try to thereby improve the quality of the show. But, you know, there's eight feet of snow on the ground here in Texas, and the city of Wichita Falls doesn't own any snow plows. And... Uh, you know, it's just that we've had infrastructure problems. Hell, Carmen's been out of power for three or four days. And Nick's been out of power for three or four days. And uh, so we, you know, and we just decided at the last minute to do this. So we're going to, what I'm going to do is I haven't read these, and I'm going to pick them up, and I'm going to read them to you, unless they're too long, and then I'm going to throw them away. All right, because remember, these are questions. They are not uh, consultations. Okay. So let's just dive right in and see if we can make any sense out of this gibberish. Rip, a couple of years ago, I dislocated my left shoulder skiing and haven't been able to properly press since. I lock out in a laid back position. I quickly develop persistent lower back pain using what were, once were warm-up weights. Well, he's telling me about low back pain from a shoulder dislocation. Well, let's see if he becomes more clear. All right. In a podcast this past fall, you had mentioned relaxing at the bottom of a pull chin-up to regain mobility. While hanging... I do feel a significant stretch in the back of my armpit and what I perceive as my teres minor. Seems to loosen up, but it hasn't helped my press in the two months I've been doing it. Give you an idea of my mobility if I lay on my back with arms locked out overhead. 
Back of my right hand comfortably rests on the floor, and left hand remains three to four inches off the floor. Thus far, doctors have been fairly expensive and useless. <laughs> MRI showed a labral tear that hasn't been repaired since I don't really feel any instability. I'm able to bench, deadlift, pull, chin up without issue. Had to high bar squat since the dislocation. If I have further advice. All right. Uh, look, most people have an asymmetry in shoulder flexibility, side to side. Most people do. That's perfectly normal to result of being not dead. All right. You hurt yourself because you didn't sit on your ass. You had an active life. You've hurt yourself repeatedly. There's going to be asymmetries. There's going to be injuries. All right. Uh, there may be a way that you can press. And if I had you as a client or I was doing a consult with you in the gym, I would try several different things. The first thing I think I'd probably try is pressing from the top. Now, by that, I mean the start position is at lockout. And then you rebound off of the bottom at the shoulders and return to lockout. And the way you do that is you put the bar in a rack in a high position. And my racks are particularly useful for this because you can angle the pins and you can put the, you can put the bar in a position roughly equivalent to the lockout of the press, uh, knowing that the, at, with the pins at an angle, knowing the bar's not going to roll off the rack and hit you in the head. And then you take it out of the rack, stabilize it at the top, lower the bar, return it to the lockout position, do your set of five like that, and walk it back into the rack up at the top. And start with the empty bar and see if the that's less painful. And it may be less painful because you are tightening up all of the stuff at the lockout position when you take it out of the rack that would have to get tight at the top if you started it at the standard start position of the press. Now, that's to be the first thing I would try and see if that helps. I think also I'd probably try some partials from pins inside the rack and do some of those and see if that doesn't return some stability to the deal. Uh, but if you've got a partial labrum tear, you, you may need, and, and you're 31, uh, I think maybe you need to get that repaired. Uh, labrum repair surgery is pretty successful. It's not nearly as painful, from what I understand, as rotator cuff repair. I've had rotator cuff repairs, and they are, it, it's hard to describe how exquisitely painful those are for a couple of weeks after the surgery. And uh, when I had mine, see, and I've mentioned this before, opiate analgesics don't work on me, so I didn't have any pain medication. And uh, it was about three weeks before I slept longer than about 10 minutes at a time after that first, my right side rotator cuff. Uh, but from what I understand, the labrum surgery is a lot easier. Uh 
to sleep with and to and to get recovered from. So that might be something you actually want to consider having done. If you were 61, I would not do it. If I tear a labrum, I'm not going to probably not going to have it repaired. And the primary reason for that is the shoulder surgery is so goddamn painful and I just don't feel like uh, doing that again. You know I probably should. And something's wrong with this shoulder right now, and I haven't really, uh, uh, hadn't really decided I wanted to have it diagnosed. Uh, I can just live with it and do limited amounts of work on it and stuff. But at 31, you're in a completely different situation than I am, and I think maybe you ought to consider having that labral tear repaired. That's for David. Okay, Rip, why is protein from animal sources superior to plants? I've heard you mention this multiple times. I'm guessing you're not just talking about meat, but milk and eggs as well. I'm not a vegetarian, but was curious about your insight on this. Thanks. Lee wants to know this. And I, uh, it has completely to do with the amino acid profiles of the protein. And that's all there is to it. Uh, plant sources just don't have as much lysine as they ought to have and other things involved in that and i'm not a i'm not a dietary guy and i just know a little bit about it but i do understand that pea protein is not you have to eat so much of the nasty shit that it it causes a problem i think lysine is the amino acid right leucine leucine Leucine. Uh, leucine leucine Leucine. See? Not an expert. <laughs> I was close, though. Close. I mean, they sound similar, don't yeah. they? It's like why or why. Kind, kind of like Same. why and why. Yeah. And uh, kind of like red and road. Sound similar. Yes. Right? <laughs> close, right? Street and sleet. As a nut, I mean, as a nut hugging yes man, I agree with you. Well, <laughs> well, that's is that the term nut hugging? Yeah, not nut swinging, swinging, not swinging, swinging because you swing with because the nuts of the uh, along with the, the length nuts. of the scrotum. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Hello, Rip. Saludos from Arizona. Get. <laughs> Saludos. Can you give us your opinion on the benefits of sauna use? I've heard the regular sauna use increases human growth hormone. <laughs> Would this benefit training recovery? I've been saving up for an outdoor barrel sauna. Would like to know if it's worth the money. P.S. Thank you. I'm doing Spanish translation on my phone. All right. Uh, the benefits of the sauna is it feels good. All right. If you like the way the sauna feels. I think you should do a sauna. I like blowjobs myself. But if you'd prefer a sauna, you go right ahead and and get in a sauna. As far as growth hormone is concerned, look, minor fluctuations that have been measured in testosterone and growth hormone have never been demonstrated. Now, listen carefully to this. Have never been demonstrated to produce... Anything with respect to anabolism, all right? They're not anabolic, okay? They're not anabolic. 
Now, the fact that you can measure them and that they are statistically significant enough to measure does not mean that they are physiologically significant enough to make any difference in your training. Okay, a 30-minute increase in human growth hormone at the level of nanograms is not going to make you have big, strong muscles, all right? In fact, growth hormone, uh, exogenous growth hormone, I think everybody's realized this uh, a little bit too late, does not promote uh, the growth of, of muscle mass. They promote, it promotes the growth of visceral mass, but not muscle mass, and it's a waste of money if that's what you're trying to do. Now, one good thing about growth hormone is it does promote connective tissue remodeling, which is handy after surgery. I think if you've uh, had major orthopedic surgery, I think everybody ought to leave with a prescription for human growth hormone and Anivar, oxandrolone, because those two things help. They definitely help you heal up after an orthopedic procedure. But to worry about a sauna making your growth hormone go up, it doesn't do anything. Even if it does go up, it goes up and it goes, comes right back down. These are, these are essentially side effects of the stimulus, and they're not adaptive. All right, The mechanisms are somewhere else. So there you have that rather disappointing piece of news all right dear uncle rippy i if i plan if i plan on getting back into jujitsu and mma training i've had lots of injuries would it be stupid to attempt to do the linear progression at the same time if it means anything i'm 36 and reasonably athletic my current squad is about 250 calculated one rm which means it's about 185 <laughs> uh i'm 5'7, 160 yeah there's no way he's squatting 250 if he's not he's calculated one rm Wonder where that bullshit came from. So all, calculated one R. It's online training. All kinds of websites you can calculated one RM. That's when you don't actually want to see how much you can squat. Right. You just look at a table. Yeah. Right. Got it. I'm cool with staying away from all forms of conditioning, cardio, veganism, Mormons, or anything else that would stand <laughs> in my way of strength progression. I'm just curious. If you heard of some way to do fight training that won't be detrimental to strength. Uh, all right, John, here's the, here's the situation. Uh, if you are training MMA seriously and you're, you're on the mat four days a week, like serious guys do, it's got to be recovered from, and yes, it will tap into your novice linear progression. You have to decide which is stronger, getting your max of, 165 squad up or whatever the fuck it is to the actual level that it ought to be. You're five, six, seven and 160. You're underweight. And uh, the fact that you're reasonably athletic is not particularly interesting. And if you are going to do MMA, the guys that are real, real good at it are going to show you how average your athleticism is. Uh, I think probably getting strong would benefit you more on the mat than you think it will. 
Nick, what is your input into this? The answer is always uh, no. You can't do both effectively at the same time. That's right. So, <clears throat> But are you going to not train MMA? I doubt it. So train MMA, lift, eat enough to recover, sleep enough to recover. Uh, and then when you eventually, if you just started MMA, when you eventually kind of get your head out of your ass and decide you want to get better, you're going to spend some time focusing on just getting real strong and cut back on how hard you go at MMA class. There you have it. And, uh, of course, he's not going to listen to this. None of them ever do. And now, and now that he's doing MMA at 160, he's going to decide that, you know, and when people say they're doing MMA, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go fight or anything. But, you know, if he wants to compete right. or something, he's going to get this weight class shit in his head. And right. that's going to add another complication to the whole deal. Right. 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 When you say weight class, and it immediately means I can't, lose weight. Do, I can't do, I either got to lose weight or I can't do the things to make myself stronger. Right. Yep. That is so often the case. MMA has gotten a lot of people up off their asses. You know, it's by far the the biggest addition to martial arts gym membership in the history of the world. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, it's exploded. It's a excellent discipline, and I recommend that you do it if you can. But if you do it at the level that is going to make you real good at it, it's going to tap into your into your strength training. I, it makes more sense to me to to train MMA twice a week, do your novice linear progression three times a week until you get your little nasty-ass body weight up to <laughs> 200 pounds and your squat up to 405 and your deadlift up to 495 where they belong, and then uh, go to a two-day-a-week strength training program and then go to four-day-a-week MMA, and yep. you'll be a hell of a lot more effective. But that involves planning and the delay, the postponement of immediate satisfaction. And you won't do That's it. right. And and what you just proposed is actually harder than going to MMA four days a week. Yeah. No shit. No shit. Because oh, getting I'm your, sure it is. Getting your, and no, and you know this, but I'm yeah. talking to everybody else. But, right. But getting your squat to 400 and your pull to 500 is, is – uh, a way harder task than showing up to MMA class four days a week and get slugged because, all over the mat because yeah, you're a little nasty, narrow ass. Yeah, like, and, it, and it might feel like, it might feel really hard, but you can you can always back off a little bit on what you're doing to the bag or the mitts or right. whatever you know. But you got to show up at the gym three days a week and add more weight to the bar. That's fucking hard. And if three fifteen's on the bar and it's the you're about to do the fifth rep, you can't back off. Well, you can. You can put right. it up like a a pussy. And call the fourth rep RPE of 11.973 or whatever the fuck they do. But uh, you, uh, uh, I think you'll find that in the long run, and this is the hard part, in the long run, you'll benefit more from gaining some strength, and that means body weight, and then coming back to MMA full speed ahead, four day a week, and you'll be more productive on the mat, and you will have been more productive in the weight room. Yep. Okay. Here Wayne says, Mark, I'm a 60-year-old male trying to force my elderly ass to train three times per week again. I get up at 5.30 and go out into my cold garage so as not to be a pussy and do my fobs. So tiresome. <laughs> 
Question, why do I feel better when I do five sets of five and feel like a lazy ass after doing only three sets? Because you're mentally ill. You don't understand that I don't say falls. And you don't understand that we've written an entire book about this for your 60-year-old ass about how to approach your training when you're 60. And it doesn't involve pretending that you're 25. All right? Get the book. Read the book. You, at 60, you can't do that. So, you know, I, you know, I, I uh, applaud anybody at 60 who's training. But I'd, I'd rather see you approach it a little bit more intelligently and with a little bit more preparation. Uh, the information exists. You've just ignored it. Stop doing that. Okay? Okay, now. Rip and crew. Next year will be my last year in the public university system before I get into the world of teaching and coaching. I fully believe in your method, and when I am in charge or have the influence to determine the programming, I will be using the starting strength method. My question is if during the season I should maintain novice linear progression, lifting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or if I might. It might better serve my athletes to use an intensity, volume, and recovery model uh, lifting on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, respectively. Novice linear progression only works on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And intensity, volume, and recovery, which is essentially an intermediate model, only works on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I like this later method ladder he means in that i would want to get the kids in on saturday anyway to review the previous night's game and see how boohoos have boo-boos have progressed boo-boo that's yogi bear's little buddy that used to run around (laughs) i wonder if he's talking about training around the actual sport I don't, I don't have any idea. That, that he didn't explain this. Or perhaps should I maintain novice linear progression but lift Tuesday, 30, Thursday, and Saturday in season? I, You know, this is such uh, a fucked up piece of prose that I don't know if he's talking about himself or his sounds kids. Like, sounds like the team the kids yeah, is working with. Yeah, I think with. that's what he's trying to get at. Well, or I mean, perhaps I should maintain NLP, but lift Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday in season. I should make. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're if you're training high school kids, it's it's the most basic program, and you should be able to run that in season too. Well, you know, if you're training sophomores in high school who haven't trained before, you're going to have to wrap your head around the fact that football's not is just not that hard. Football's just not that hard. You can practice those kids uh, four days a week and play them on Friday, and they can still come in three days a week and add five pounds to the lifts if they're eating enough, if they'll eat enough. Now, the problem is most of them won't, but that's not your problem. That's their problem, and they have to be apprised of the situation. If they're not dedicated enough to the process to facilitate the process, then 
there's nothing you can do. I mean, you know, half of your team doesn't care enough to do what's necessary if they have to get up 10 minutes early to eat breakfast, right? And if they won't get up and eat a bunch of eggs for breakfast, then they can't get recovered. And one of the problems with high school coaches is high school coaches don't spend nearly enough time explaining the recovery part of the process of stress, recovery, adaptation. Because they don't understand it. Because they don't understand it because high school coaches are stupid. Now, if you're a smart high school coach, I'm not worried about you misunderstanding me. Because if you're a smart high school coach, and there are three or four of them in the country, then you know what I'm talking about because you work with these idiots. If the kids can't get recovered from the stress that you are applying to them on the field and in the weight room, then they can't adapt. And that's just the arithmetic. If you got a kid trying to play football and train with weights on 1,800 calories a day and 50 grams of accidental protein, can't do it. Can't be done. That's not the arithmetic. Arithmetic has to be satisfied, and that's not my rule. That's arithmetic's rule. Okay? Kids at that level of workload need at least 4,000 calories a day. And if they won't eat it, then they're going to have problems. And there's nothing you can do about that. It doesn't matter what program they're on. Just all there is to it. There, I don't see a point in having anybody do anything except the novice linear progression in high school because they're growing anyway. Right. And you're gonna, they're going to have an a extended novice linear progression that adults like me and you – won't ever see because they're growing. They're getting taller. Everything about them is anabolic. They can put weight on novice linear progression numbers for two or three years, whereas we lose it in six months. But in order to do that, they have to eat, and you haven't explained it, have you? Good day, Rip. I have a home gym. Can you think of any complications? Might arise from doing squats and presses first thing when waking up in the morning getting out of bed. I ask because I've heard that the spine relaxes and loosens while we sleep. And I'm curious if that makes a difference for working out now that I can't. Would it be best to let gravity compress the spine for a couple hours? And if so, how long? Where do people come up with these fucking weird-ass goddamn... I don't know. Reddit. It's got to be from Reddit. 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 Reddit is like distilled stupidity. <sighs> yeah, a lot of times. You know, this is the the biggest problem with the internet. There's two big problems with the internet. First problem with the internet is everybody is somehow entitled to an opinion on the internet. Right? Whether they're entitled to an opinion or not, everybody is an expert on the internet. Right, And the second problem is the internet is where you can say shit to me in a post that you won't stand in front of me and say. Two primary problems with the internet. 
Uh, look, if, if you want to train first thing in the morning, you'll adapt to that. Nothing wrong with it. A lot of people have to do it. It's been done by hundreds of thousands of people quite successfully. You know, I mean, this, this, it, you're not the first one to whom this has occurred. A lot of people get up in the morning and train at 4.30. I would rather be asleep at 4.30 in the morning, so I'm going to stay there. But if you want to get up and train, then go ahead and do it. Your, the fact that your spine is decompressed has nothing to do with the fact that the muscles that control the isometric rigidity of your spine will do that at 4.30 in the morning just like they will at 4.30 in the afternoon. It has nothing to do with spinal compression. Okay? All right. <clears throat> Hello, Mark. Here are my numbers. Oh, good. 36 years old, 5'10", 210. Squats, 355 for three sets of five. Deadlifts, 400 for a set of five. Benches, 240 for three sets of five. Or five sets, yeah, three sets of five. Presses, 130 for three sets of five. Been enjoying making progress on the program in my home gym. Best investment I ever made in light of the deadly global pandemic of Pandemic of COVID-19. Last Saturday, I completely ruptured my right Achilles tendon while skateboarding. Ooh. Foot slipped while I was pushing up a hill. I believe the fast closing of my foot angle blew the tendon. Yeah, that's, that's the, the fast, uh, the rapid, dynamic dorsiflexion against which you were resisting with plantar flexion is what blew the tendon. On Thursday, I had it surgically repaired, and I'm on the mend. Cast comes off in two weeks after the surgery. I saw on the board you'd had a similar injury back in 2010, and we're back under the bar in about three weeks post-op. Would you share more details about your rehab process during this procedure? I'm looking forward to getting back under the bar and getting on with my life. How long do you think it'll take? me to get back to my current numbers. You see this injury being a barrier to getting my squat to the 400s and deadlift to the 500s. Uh, no, I don't see. Did you rupture that. the tendon on yes. your thing? I completely ruptured my left Achilles tendon. What does that feel like? It just curls up. It doesn't up. hurt. Yeah, you just feel a snap. and then It, it cur- snaps. Oh. And, then, and it's an audible snap. Mm. You can hear it. Were you doing a bunch of CrossFit at the time? Uh, or was 2010, it just, I had been doing. You think that I hadn't completely curtailed it? Yeah, I'd always, you know, CrossFit breaks everything. Yeah, but this was uh, this was in uh, you know this is in like January of 2010. So I had uh, <clears throat> we had just gotten through being associated with CrossFit. I had stopped doing all that shit prior to that, but there might have still. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, Blame that on CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. If when you get older, your connective tissues change right, right. Yep. consistency. All right, this kid's thirty six. He's not in that boat. But when I did that, I was uh, I was like fifty three, and that's getting to the point where you don't need to be jumping. And I was doing some jumped on some shit, and my heel dropped. 
So the ball of my foot's here, and the heel dropped, and it just went. And you hear it. It was, you know, I hobbled up my driveway, and it was it a was fucked up situation. And most fucked up aspect of that situation is, is the next day, this is on a Thursday, the next day I got to go to Canada to do a goddamn seminar <laughs> in Toronto. So I got a boot, put on a boot, called my surgeon in Dallas, and he said, eh, I can... I can fix this Tuesday. Yep. And I said, you need an MRI? He said, you can tell if you ruptured your Achilles right, tendon. Right, yeah. You feel the defect. Is the Achilles tendon there or not? Yep. No, it's not. I can fix it Tuesday. Be down here Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Got to do an office visit, and then we'll schedule you, get you worked on at 1. So we did all of that. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, walking through the Toronto airport was With a no lot accident. of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. No, that was Thursday. That was Wednesday. No, so Wednesday's when I – and we flew up there Thursday. So I'm Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Monday. Now, just so people in California can will understand I'll what do I'm it. saying. He means Monday. Monday, <laughs> Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, and when Wednesday. Because <laughs> that's actually how it's spelled, it's right? Truth, right? Wednesday, uh-huh. February, yep. right? <laughs> so the initial the, so the so the initial injury bo- doesn't hurt, but then shortly after it, everything it, swells. Uh, the up swelling and, yeah. is what hurts, right? Yeah, all right. And the, the damned injury was never actually that painful. Yeah. A ruptured tendon does not hurt right. that much because there aren't any pain sensors yep. in in actual tendon itself. You can rupture a tendon. I've done it several times, and you don't feel anything except the instability. Uh, so I had, uh, I had the surgeon, he asked me during the office visit, he said, how do you, you know, there's a couple of ways we can do this. If I put a whole bunch of suture in this tendon, I can stitch it back together real hard, but it's going to look bad. Or I can just do a, you know, hold it together minimally. I, I said, I don't care what it looks like. I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't care what it looks like. Uh, you know, I don't know anybody that is going to judge me on the appearance of my Achilles tendon. And I want you to put as much suture as you can in that thing so that the repair is as stable as it can be so that I can more aggressively rehab the thing. Right. So he said, you fucking asshole. <laughs> You're not going to do what I tell you to do, are you? I said, no. I'm not. He said, okay, all right, I'll put a bunch of suture in. So he put a bunch of suture in the damn thing. And uh, uh, sent me home in a boot. And I'm, you know, walking around in the boot. I was immediately walking around in the boot. It's a soft boot. And I took the heel lift out of it almost immediately. And 
put a little bit of stretch on this repair that I trusted him to make. And I probably was doing very carefully with a whole bunch of spotters doing some squats to a box with the empty bar in 95, 135 within a couple of weeks. I mean, I'd get on top of these things. You know, I'm not stupid, but I understand that a, a stressed repair heals better and faster than an unstressed repair. And that's just the physiology, all right? It's always the case. A broken bone heals better when it's loaded. A tendon rupture heals better when there's some movement because the movement and the load signals the cells on either side of the rupture line to lay down remodeling material. They, you have to move them a little bit. Now, you can't be stupid, but you have to load them more than the surgeon wants you to. And that's just, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's just the way shit is. All right. Now, I've had some problems, but in terms of this, this thing here, uh, I was back up to numbers within six months and, you know, was pushing Prowler. I was pushing Prowler at three months. That was highly advised against. But you got to do something and you just can't be stupid about it. And uh, loading it isn't stupid. Loading it's necessary. All right. Now, I had some problems in that either during the injury, but more probably during the surgical repair. I had nerve damage that has comp uh, it has compromised severely my medial gastroc. I don't have a medial gastroc on my left side. I can sit here and flex it right now, but for three years, I didn't have the ability to make that medial gastroc even contract. I can feel it contracting right now. Nerves heal very slowly. So I had some nerve damage. And that prolonged and, and, and that long-term nerve damage that I had in that side is fixed it up so I can't clean anymore. Because clean requires a symmetrical plantar flexion in both shanks. And I can't make a symmetrical plantar flexion at the top of the pull, and when I do that, I'll pull a hamstring, so I can't clean anymore. And that's just one of them deals. I'm 65, I don't give a fuck if I clean or not. Still remember how to coach it, and that's all my job is at this point. But I think you should aggressively rehab this. And I think that you have to use your own judgment about what to do and how to do it. You have to be pay very, very close attention to the amount of load you're placing on it. But you have to load it. You cannot load it dynamically at all for a long time. No jumping. No doing anything like that. No cleans. No explosive anything for quite some time. And by quite some time, I mean maybe a couple of years. But... You, you have to load the repair or it will not remodel, okay? Anybody got anything to add to that? I got nothing to add, but so if he, if somebody goes through that kind of a repair and they load it dynamically too quickly, 
the the risk is obviously of, a, of another rupture. Sure. But will there be will there be uh, any indicators before that happens? No. It's just going to go again. No, no more than there was an indicator the first the, the first, first time. time, right? Yeah. It's just going to rupture. Yep. But uh, you know there there is good data. I don't have it, but I know there is good data on the re-rupture statistics of these repairs, and it is actually very low. There's a finite number of them retear. Yep. And just like all medical statistics, who knows under the circumstances, who knows what the circumstances were of the re-rupture. Sure. You don't know because people won't. I'm sure in repair. general more people are going to be more cautious after they've had a repair. They should be more a- cautious after you. they've had a repair, unless they're stupid like I am. But uh, that's, you know, but being too cautious gets you a very, very, very protracted rehab. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants that. You're 36. You don't want to be 45 by the time this thing is is normal again. And that's what happens when you're too cautious. Okay. Hello, Rip. I am 6'3 with slight scoliosis. And when I squat, I get a sharp pain in the crease between my thigh and my hammer of wrath on the left side. Sometimes it radiates down the leg to the knee. doesn't bother me when I lift or do Romanians. I can usually get through it enough to make some progress. Sometimes it's bad enough that I have to skip squats or wait until it calms down. Any thoughts on what might be the issue and what I can do to fix it? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with your scoliosis. You may have a hernia. Depending on where along that joint line the thing is. Now, we have to talk about hernias all the goddamn time if you have a hernia the defect is above the joint line if you have a groin injury an adductor muscle injury the pain is below the joint line if you have a hernia you will eventually have to have it repaired but it's easy to get checked for a hernia and if you have a hernia Get it repaired and get a bilateral mesh repair. Have them do both sides with the mesh. Because if one inguinal canal is weak, why would the other one not be weak too? And while they're in there, they might as well fix both of them. Right? Another hernia question, probably. But I don't think this has anything to do with your scoliosis. All right? Now, Here's a real no-shit case of scoliosis. I have approximately 35 degrees of curvature in my spine, as well as rotoscoliosis with no pain. I'm 23, 5, 3, 125. Jeez. This has got a male's name. Wow. 5, 3, 125. Is it A.A. Ron or E.R.I.N.? It's A.A. Ron. That's a dude. Dude. Dude, Aaron. Yeah. Not Aaron. Yeah. But air on. Five three one twenty five. Five three one twenty five. Twenty three years old. Squats currently one sixty five for five. Deadlift two eighty five for five. Is this disparity in the squat and deadlift typical for someone with scoliosis? I don't think there's any hard and fast rule about that. I think your training is going to determine the disparity. What are some of the differences you've observed on the platform with someone with moderate to severe scoliosis? Any insight into this condition would affect my 
how this condition would affect my training and others would be greatly appreciated. Look up Lamar Gant. Go on the internet and find all you can on Lamar Gant. Lamar was back in the 80s, was an exceptionally good power lifter, squatted in the sixes, pulled in the sixes, benched in the high threes at a body weight of uh, 165, 148, with severe scoliosis, way worse than yours. And look him up. Uh, You've got scoliosis, and you're always going to have scoliosis. You can either have scoliosis with a strong back or a weak back. You've decided you're going to have a strong back, so that's good. But I don't think there's necessarily anything about your situation that uh, would make, well, you know, in, in Lamar Gant's situation, one of the reasons that he was able to pull so much more weight than any other human in his weight class was the fact that during the pull, his scoliosis actually collapsed and reduced the range of motion of the pull. And when you look him up on the internet, you'll see an X, a loaded x-ray of his back, and it's just absolutely amazing. Absolutely goddamn amazing. And yours may be doing the same thing, you know. Just be strong, stay tight, don't hurt yourself. But my God, man, you've got to gain some body weight. Even at 5'3", 125, that's embarrassing. (laughs) You need to get to 148 as fast as you can and then think in terms of 165. Uh, That alone will help stabilize your back. And you need to think about that. You need to think about muscle mass weighing something, and muscle mass stabilizes weak structural components like a scoliotic back. So keep that in mind. Hello, Bree, Rip, Nick, and Rusty. Oh, hi. There's been a lot of talk about different types of breathing in the past five years or so. I was wondering, with sets of five being a anaerobic exercise, if any can help you recover faster for the next set, being you are relying on the glycolytic system and not oxygen intake. For example, could just recovering a normal breathing pattern reduce your recovery time faster than doing nothing? Or is it just a waste of time and effort when dealing with anaerobic recovery? Is there anything that does help with recovering from a set of five other than time. Thanks for your time, Bree. What? Cy is asking us. So, Bree, what do you think? What do you think, Bree? I don't know. I don't understand any of that. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> if you're... If, if this is the problem we get when we just read the goddamn question without having... <laughs> Proofread it beforehand, because this makes absolutely no sense. All right. If you're hyperventilating after your squats, it's going to be take you longer to recover. So breathe normally. Hypoventilating. Is Hypo, what he's, yeah. He's, what, he's, what he's... He's wants you to slow down your breathing, because that's the kind of breathing you do when you recover. Jesus. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, a, yeah. All right. 
Rip, I have found that if I train cardio via intense running or some form of relatively intense cardiovascular stressor, my capacity to strength train also improves. That is, I don't seem to get quite as winded on heavy lifts and feel like I'm having more energy overall. Can you reconcile this with your model? Uh, I'm getting the impression that from you that cardio does not equal strength, but if it helps me lift more, then it follows that cardio will help me get stronger. Uh, it's not been my observation. Everybody I've ever trained that we had to do a whole bunch of prowler uh, had trouble making their numbers. And I don't know, you don't say anything about your 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 training here. I don't know if you're even trying to go up five pounds of workout, but I'm. it's been my experience that if you add to the recovery load with anything, that you compromise your ability to take your lifts up in the normal incremental increases that you want in a, in a strength training program. Now, by the time you get to be a novice, I mean, intermediate lifter and your priorities changed a little bit. If you want to add some conditioning, go right ahead. But there's a price to be paid for adding anything to this program. Everything has to be recovered from. And that comes at the expense of the priority. And if your priority is strength, then there you have it. Uncle Rip, I'm having trouble getting the bar placement right for the squat. Specifically, the bar is digging into my right scapula. Hurts like an MF. Mike Foxtrot, right? I think so. For full disclosure, I had right shoulder surgery in 2003 to repair a torn labrum. I have, however, regained approximately 90 degrees of external rotation, so if I have a mobility deficit, it's not much. A scale of 1 to 10, how big a pussy would I be if I bought a barbell pet? You'd be... The Giant. You. This big a pussy. And that's a pretty damn big pussy. People refuse I mean, People refuse to move the bar a half inch up their back. You, and it are might, you serious? And it might completely fix the problem. Can you not figure out a way to put the bar, to manipulate your grip... And manipulate the position of the bar on your back where it doesn't hurt as much. Have you not tried that? Uh, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, you're going to put a giant roller on the bar and remove any stability that the bar had on your back if you put a barbell pad on the goddamn thing. All right? Uh, I mean, it's your deal. You go ahead and do, if you, do that if you want to, but I, that just seems kind of stupid to me uh, when you haven't tried everything. If you had tried anything else, you hadn't mentioned it, right? Uh, there may be, I mean, th there may be some, there may be something going on with your scapula. You might have a wing scapula, which indicates a, that, that typically indicates a neurological problem with your serratus anterior. Uh, and that unstable wing scapula may be squeezing up into the bar and rubbing on something. I don't know. I don't know. That may be that may be the case. It may be that you've got some kind of a bone spur back there that is aggravating 
is being aggravated by the, by the bar position, but you should be able to get the bar in a position by adjusting your grip width and your elbow position to where this doesn't hurt. All right? But if you buy a barbell pad, you're not a pussy. You're just a stupid ass. Okay? Well, you're a pussy, too. All right. Hello, sir. Seeking your guidance regarding my below injury. I'm 40-year-old male, 5'5", weigh 90 kilos from India. That's 198 for those of us not in India. Uh, so 100 and, 198 pound guy 198, from India. 198, 5555 from India. Yeah, vegetarian. He's the biggest guy in India. He's just a fat kid. He's the biggest kid in India. He may be the biggest. I don't know. There's fat people all over India because of the way they well, eat. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's a they got the highest rate of heart disease in the yep. world because they're fucked up diet. Did you see the right. poo to the loo the video? What? Poo to the loo video? Say that. Poo to the loo video. So this is a campaign. Spell that for me. P-O-O, the number two. Two. The. T-H-E. L-O-O. L-O-O, which is the toilet. Massive campaign in India to get people to stop shitting in the street. (laughs) No, this is not a joke. It's UNICEF India. It's a UNICEF India thing. And uh, there's, there's rap... There's rap uh, videos. There's a TV show. Wow. There's animations. Massive social pressure. Yeah. Stop shitting in the street. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to applaud that, wouldn't you? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, broke my ankle four months ago. It was a minor hairline fracture, and I had to rest for two months. Now I am able to walk, not run, and I am going to the gym three days a week. I am able to slowly pick up my deadlift to... Uh, 150 kilos, which is 330 to you and me. Hopefully, you get back to 200 kilos soon, which is 440 to you and me. However, I have a challenge with leg workouts. Whenever I do squats, my ankle pains after the workout and slightly swells. The pain during the workout is manageable. Pain and swelling is less when I do leg presses. Should I stop doing squats or carry on with leg extensions? How much ankle mobility is critical for squats? Well, very little ankle mobility is critical for squats if you're squatting correctly because squat is a hips movement. You're telling me that your pain is after the workout and some slight swelling, and you want to stop doing squats because of that? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Maybe you should stop all the other silly shit and just squat. Uh, he probably needs yeah, shoes. Yeah, that's probably. He's probably not wearing proper footwear. Yeah, what kind of, are you doing this in? Uh, barefoot. Barefoot or sandals or something like that. Is that racism to say that? Yeah. It, when you that's say probably it. probably right, racist. When, when I say it, it's yeah. racist. Hey, you're from Nicaragua. You say it. I'm brown. You're brown. Don't wear sandals, brown man. Fellow brown man. Fellow brown man. <laughs> they can't see you, so you gotta, you gotta say it. I ain't know what he looks like. It, well, I, I bet if you say I identify as brown, no, nah, it doesn't work if you're nah, white. No, that identify bullshit. It doesn't no. work if you're white. No, this is legitimate. Oh. He's really brown. He doesn't have to identify as brown. Look at him. Yeah, you. even in a third world country, you should be able to find some lifting shoes. And if not, make some, whatever. Uh, Get some proper footwear. Sacrifices must be made 
for he proper needs to footwear. He needs to stop leg pressing. Well, he's asking if he should leg press or oh, squat. Oh, I thought he said he was. No, leg no, no. Pressing. It sounds like oh, he's. I misunderstood. No, he said leg pressing feels better. Yeah. I can't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not concerned with how it feels. I can't feel anything. All I know is his leg presses are excellent way to fuck up your low back and are the uh, frat boys version of squats. Okay. Dear God Emperor Pink, I cannot increase my weight because I do not have more plates. And due to the state fisting the economy extra hard, plates are expensive at the moment. Until I find some used plates at a reasonable price, do you think deficit deadlifts will help me continue to get stronger or just make me look like a moron standing on blocks of wood while I'm lifting? I don't know if it, if I don't know it isn't adding weight. I don't know it isn't adding weight to the bar, but it does make the movement more difficult. Praise be to the pink one. All right. It's trying too hard. Yeah, he's, he's trying too hard, but uh, yeah, he's trying too hard. But here's here here's the situation. Uh, I think. What you should do is do your squats standing on blocks of wood. Because that works too. That increases the range of motion. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, if it works for deadlifts, why doesn't it work for squats? <laughs> All right, hello, Bree, Rip, Nick, and Rusty. I am curious on the SS team's opinion on the iron neck device that people like Rip's texting buddy Joe Rogan is an advocate for. Is it a valid approach of rehabbing or strengthening the neck muscles and tendons? What would be better, if anything? I like that we're all being included now. That's great. That's well, this is the same guy, Cy. Same guy? Same guy. Oh, damn. Well, I thought we were Well, Bree, what do you think about the iron what neck device? What is it? I have no idea. Sai is yet to put together. People don't understand that Bree wakes up. A non look, gibberish piece of People don't understand that Bree wakes up in the morning, <laughs> eats egg whites or some shit, then gets in the car, comes to the gym, and feeds her bird, and then like lifts weights, then does whatever she does for us. Then goes home and hangs out with the bird. Hangs out with the bird, eats cereal, and goes to bed, and then repeat. Like she, yeah, she doesn't a, know anything. It's a meaningful existence. Yeah. That so iron, that iron neck thing looks. The problem with the well, iron neck. Well, all right, explain what the hell he's the, talking. The problem about. with the iron neck thing is it's it, it's all over the place, and like I have no these, idea. What these jujitsu guys are into it, it and is, boxers it, are into he doesn't it. Doesn't know what it is. What it is, Rip, is it's a hat that you put on and you attach to a wall, and it's got this cable that stretches. And it rotates. The, the hat will rotate. So you put tension on your neck, and then you just turn your head really hard. It's real fucking stupid. It well, is, that's that's it's, just the. It's just like a harness where we used to try well, to exactly, do that laying on the. Bench. It's it's a harness with uh with where you with, standing up and with of cable the, resistance instead of the weight, you know, because you just put the harness and then you do you know this and this. But you can turn your head with it. But right. even the even the harness thing doesn't do shit. We used to do that, you know. We used to do that in it football. Do it doesn't do a goddamn thing. You can't load it enough. It can't be loaded enough. It can't be incrementally progressed. Right. It can't be trained, and it's stupid. On the other hand, 
Yeah. Do you know anybody with a 600 deadlift that has less than a 20 inch neck? Yeah. I was about to bring that up. No, that's, that's no, exactly no, you right. You know. No, you don't. So, Joe is, you know, he finally quit calling. He moved to Texas and stopped calling. I, he, he moved to Texas and the novelty yeah. was worn off. off. Yeah. Well, right, so he's rejection would hit him so much harder because he's within driving distance. Now I could actually drive down yeah, there so he doesn't without disrupting my week too badly. Yeah. And now the you know now that it's easier for me. It's the kind of, it's the kind of guy Joe is. He's what well, he is. He's selfish. Selfish. I hate his selfish. Set. I hate his new set. It's awful. I haven't seen it. It's not good. I haven't been paying much attention. I know. All right, Rip. When you share your own. When you share your own training experience, it is inspiring and informative for those of us also in the 60-plus age bracket. You have spoken about some of your own programming with respect to primary lifts. Is there other supplementary conditioning work you do? All right, Barry, if my current training experience is inspiring to you, you are very easily inspired. Okay. (laughs) That's all I can tell you about that. And the conditioning work I do, I push the prowler, and then once I'll push the prowler one week, and then the following week I'll go out on my little track I've got on the north side of the gym, and I will do five chin-ups, and I will run a lap, and I'll do ten of those, and that's it. The thing that people don't – Yeah, the thing that people forget about your situation is that you – have been strong for a very long time. So you get, I get yeah. guys who are 50, 60 years old who can barely squat an empty bar and they want to squat every two. They're like, Rip says I should only squat every two weeks. No, uh, no, 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 not right now. Here's the curve, all right? Now, you've seen the illustration of the curve on the cover of Practical Programming, haven't you? Curve looks like this. It's an asymptotic curve. What the, what the drawing on the cover doesn't show you is this part over here, <laughs> which is where I am now. <laughs> okay. You don't interested in my training, all right? Okay, let's see. Hey, Mark, I'm a huge fan. I followed you before training. Uh, my qu- I followed you before your training has become mainstream. This guy's a stalker. <laughs> Okay, my question. Or maybe it's a girl. (laughs) Literally. Maybe it's a woman. Hey, there we go. I don't mind being stalked by women. Women don't write, do you? Oh, I don't know about that. Women don't stalk, though. Well, yeah, they do. Fatal Attraction. (laughs) I remember that movie. I would would much rather. I'd rather be stalked by a dude than a woman. Yeah. Any day. P5. You fuck a guy up, you know. Oh, it's pretty, Have we ever talked about the P scale? Probably, uh, probably a long time ago. It'd be good to re- re- revisit. All right, all right, the, let's, the, let's revisit. All right, the, the P, P scale, P one through five. This is the psycho bitch scale, okay? And it's a one to five scale, all right? A one is a nun, all right? She's a nun. There's not a aggressive bone in her body. She's not interested in anything but her Jesus, all right? <laughs> Twos and threes, twos and threes, a two is what you want to marry, and a three is what you want to marry after you date her four or five years, all right? A four 
fours are fun, right? Fours are fun, but they're shorter term. <laughs> they're shorter term projects, and fives are fun until they kill you. All right, so here's a five, right? You break up with your five after a couple of months, you know, where you woke up in the middle of the night and she's standing there with her eyes like this with a knife, you know, aimed at your heart yeah. and shit, and you broke up with her, yeah. right? That could be a four, too, though. No, no, I no, think, no, I think... no, 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 two, two weeks later, you're <laughs> okay, here. driving down the street... And she sees you. She's driving the opposite way. She turns around and she rams you with her car. Yep. That's a five. The, I think the fundamental and they have those. You the know. fundamental difference right. is is that the five will completely disregard her own safety to fuck you up. That's right. A P five is suicidal. Remember in Vanilla Sky when she drives off the bridge with with Tom with uh, what's his name Tom Cruise in the car with her. Right. And he gets all fucked up. That's that's perfect. that's a P five. Yeah, P five hates you so bad that she's irrational, like <laughs> right. They're just rational thought, just not a factor. <laughs> but no, that's that's the P one through five scale. So you want a three, really? Twos are ones are boring. You can't do anything with them. Twos are ones are grandmas. One's your grandma. Yeah. yeah. Only she's 20. <laughs> right? So, yeah, you don't you don't want a one. You know, you definitely don't want a five. All right? Fours are enough trouble. All right? But the P scale, the P1 through 5 scale, we'll be hearing from P5s. Yeah. Well, you won't. The haters. You don't no, they won't. You they don't won't see ride. them coming. You don't no, see them. <laughs> drive you, to the front yeah, of the gym. Yeah, you won't That's hear from them. Do. You'll see them. <laughs> Beef, all right. So what's Bree? That's what I was going to Bree's a one. Bree's P1. one. Two, maybe a two. She's probably a two. We'll find out one day, won't we? I hope not. What if she's a five? Yeah. That's the other thing too, because a, a closeted five. That, well, you don't know a five's a five until it's too no, late. No, till she kills you, you don't know. Until it's too late, yeah. And you're all of a sudden you're or you you're you being those, driven off the you bridge, see those and you're big like, old giant yeah. eyes behind the wheel, yeah, and she like, runs into your fucking car. You're like, oh shit, this is a P five. I didn't realize it I until it, this she, moment. I thought she was a four, <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh god! All right. Hi, Mark. My question, this is the, after the stalking thing. My question is this. As I have gotten older, my belly fat has made it hard to get, hate hard for me to do deadlifts with good form. I find losing tension, trying to get into position to do the pull. I started pulling sumo, but I don't like it because I think it's not a real deadlift. What should I do? Well, you should stop pulling sumo and learn how to pull. Uh, it says his current deadlift, 220. So that's 484. 37, fairly fat. Weighs 130, so that's about 280. Uh, Two eighty-five, yeah. Best deadlift, 
Best ever deadlift with 26 years. He he pulled 290 at 105. All right, you don't know how to set your back. All right. Now, there's a whole bunch of things. You have to understand uh, what setting your low back actually involves. And this is all in the book. Uh, all the tricks that we've got are in the book. Nick recently thought of an interesting thing that I've used quite successfully with lots and lots of people. You get in your conventional deadlift position, and for you, this is going to probably require a little bit more toe angle out than it would for some people. You might find that you need the toes to be about 45 degrees because you have to push your knees out to make room for your belly between your thighs. Then you take your grip, you get in that position, and then you push your belly down between your thighs. You can't do that movement without spinal extension. And then once you get in that position, you tighten up your lumbar erectors and then push the floor away from the bar. Now, if you haven't used that cue, that usually works. Usually works for most people. So give and, that and the a try. toes out has to be with a with a narrower. Uh, guys, guys will go wider and they yeah, fuck you it can't, all up. You, you can't, can't widen the total stance. Yeah, the stance you have to has widen to be narrow. The angle and right. compensate for that with narrower heels. Yep. Okay. Hi, Rip. The blue book, the gray book, both prescribe back extensions when a person moves into late novice stage, but there is no real pres- progression scheme laid out like there is for chin ups. Do you still prescribe back extensions? And if so, what would normal programming look like for them? All right. Situation with back extensions is they're an assistance exercise and they can't be trained in the sense that pulls and squats and presses can be trained. You just do them. They're just some work for your light day. You can load them if you want to. You try this. We all tried it. Put a bar over your back. Do them with resistance. You can make progress on that about six weeks. And then if you keep trying to push on them, your knees are going to come apart. You don't want that because you need functioning knees. So you you can't really train the things. You just do them. They're an exercise. They're like curls. You just do some. All right? And I don't – I've kind of not used them myself or used them for pretty much anybody in a long time. Uh less in love with them than I used to be. I'm less in love with exercises that can't be trained than I used to be. And if you don't want to do them, don't do them. If you want to do them, do them. But don't try to do a bunch of weighted shit because all that's going to do is make your hamstring sore, which interferes with the rest of your actual productive training. All right, Rip, I'm 37, 6'2", 225. He squats 365, deadlifts 420, benches 235, presses 145 after six months of starting strength. Well, these are pretty good numbers for six months. All right, last two months, my left heel's been hurting after squats. Not sure if from squat form, I have squat shoes and went to a starting strength squat day to get start squat day. He must mean a camp of some sort to get form right about four months ago. Or basketball, play once a week, but don't remember hurting it. Podiatrist says it is insertional Achilles tendonitis. 
Horse says six weeks of rest and added heel inserts for regular shoes, of course. Mm-hmm. They don't understand tendonitis does not heal with rest. Nobody's tendonitis heals with rest. Tendonitis does not heal with rest. Am I clear on that? Uh, Nobody believes you. Though. One more time, maybe? Tendonitis does not heal with rest. <clears throat> Never. You can have knee tendonitis and stop squatting for two years and decide to start back squatting the first workout, your knee's going to hurt. Happens every goddamn time. Now, you just go ahead and do what your podiatrist says, but I'm telling you, it's not going to help. All right? Now, I don't know what's going on in basketball. I don't, you say you have squat shoes. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe some calf raises will. Oh, it'll either make it a little worse and make it go ahead and heal up, or it might make it better. I don't know. It's been my experience with things like this is that you just train and they go away. You just train through them and they go away. I've never heard of anybody avulsing an Achilles tendon off the calcaneus. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never heard of it. Most of the times uh, we hear about uh, Achilles tendon problems. It's a mid tendon rupture uh i i would just train and train through it and just learn to not mind that it hurts a little bit uh you're 37 you've had shit hurt before and you know the drill okay you know and it just again it just depends on on how much it hurts you can keep squatting he says can i keep squatting lower weight well lower weight ceases to be training doesn't it now you're just squatting you're just exercising using the squat whatever you want to do it's your heel i don't know how bad it feels i can't feel it at all from here feels fine to me but if i were you i would if unless you just can't stand it i just train through it because that's the way usually these things work so this will be the last one hi mr ripto what are your thoughts on raw milk I think you should promote it more rather than any other milk because pasteurized milk can make people feel bloated and lactose intolerant. Hmm. Hmm, okay. <laughs> uh, I used to buy raw milk in Reno for $10. Well, I did it once. $10 a gallon. And it was illegal. So I you, didn't know they sold it in gallons. I've seen it for sale in quarts and half gallons. Yeah, they they would sell. I mean, it just goes straight to the lady who was selling it. But you you could go over to Truckee, the little gas station right. there, and it was no shit. Ten twelve dollars a gallon. Yeah, yeah. Raw milk is a big California deal. Yep. We used to get <clears throat> questions about raw milk back twelve years ago. Raw milk's out of fashion now because people have figured out it's just real expensive milk. And you know the bacteria count in raw milk may be 20 times higher than in pasteurized milk, right? And some people don't deal well with that. If you've got stomach problems, it'll, you know. But yet young Tony here thinks that pasteurized milk can make people feel bloated and lactose intolerant. So here's what the deal was on the West Coast back in the CrossFit days when we used to go out. Right. Seattle and we, you know, people in Seattle have always been the silliest people on earth. And two, three people would always ask a question about about raw milk and lactose intolerance, right? And 
apparently their assumption is that raw milk contains lactase. And that lactase is being the enzyme that breaks down the lactose sugar molecule. People who are lactose intolerant can drink raw milk. Now, let me ask you a question. If the milk contains lactase, then how does it contain any lactose? Nobody right? wants to hear your fucking logic. What are you? It, it, why I, are you doing this to people? I, that that <clears throat> was always my question for these people. It's, but if it's got if it's got lactase in it, how does it have any lactose in it too? Because then it's like lactate the milk where they treat it with. Yeah. You're saying that raw milk <clears throat> is lactate? Well, no, it's it's different. Well, how's it different? Oh, I heard that repeated. You all just got a whole bunch of repeated all over the place too. Oh yes, just got lots and lots and lots of bacteria in it. And if you want to add a bunch of bacteria to your to your gut, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. Uh, but I don't think there's a lot of people that can drink the quantity of milk that that we recommend for underweight males in the form of raw milk. I don't think you can do that. Right. I, yeah. I've never heard of it being done. It, it, even if you so could do it, it's you? too goddamn expensive. Yeah. The shit is too expensive. Yep. And, and it's not <clears throat> legal to sell raw milk in every state. It's right. hard to get a hold of. And if you're going to be drinking a gallon of milk a day and milk's going to be a big part of your diet, well, you can't afford raw milk. That's just stupid. And it's not necessary. And... But it well, is and, through the, and through the miracle of modern science, we have Fair Life milk now, which has lactate in it. Oh, Fair Life has lactate. Too. Yeah, it has lactate I in it, and uh, uh, and it's really high protein. I don't know what they do to it. Half the sugar too. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Know I know they, it tastes real good. It's really it's fucking delicious. good. It's real, real good. Yeah. You know, Brahms it's almost as good milk. as Brahms milk. Brahms is milk is the oh, that's that's the best fucking milk. You think I don't drink milk. I don't drink milk anymore, yep. except occasionally. She will keep a gallon of milk when it's on sale. She'll get right. some for the dogs, and I'll get up in the middle of the night and drink a glass of milk. <laughs> warm it, or it just helps cold? Me, helps me go back to sleep. <laughs> do you warm it up? Or no, just, no, I don't do anything weird like that. But I, I, it does help me go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what, but, what is but in terms of regular consumption of milk, I haven't done it in years. Yeah, right, right. But but that Brahms milk, what do they Fuck, call that? It's good. A2? What is A two? What is that? I don't know. It some, has something to do with some of the proteins. The proteins, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it so doesn't like one of the casein <clears throat> proteins is they engineered the cows to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's good though. But it is it's good. Damn good. It's damn good. Those of you that live in parts of the country where there isn't a Brahms, don't understand how good their ice cream is. Oh, that's the best ice cream on on earth. By far the best ice cream. And the first time I saw them make a chocolate shake where they take chocolate ice cream and yeah. then their their chocolate milk, which is made with whole milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just shit, man. God almighty. And then at Christmas time, they do the eggnog shake and they yeah. use their eggnog with the ice eggnog yeah. ice cream. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's is. The only problem with Brahms is you go in the store 
<clears throat> and there's like nine people on the clock, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. <laughs> there are a bunch of people working all the time. All the time, and there are people just running around, and nothing's getting done. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just real, it's real weird, you know? It's true. You tell these people you want a triple cheeseburger with four pieces of cheese, and... Uh, yeah, especially when you're it, there. Yeah, you're well, special yeah, orders. You, you special order something yeah. like the, the triple cheeseburger, four pieces of cheese, and they'll give you a chicken sandwich. You know, <laughs> it's just a high level of disorganization. But their food is good now. <laughs> all right, well, look at all these things we didn't get to. That one we got to. Look at that. We'll do those next time. And we'll see you next time on Starting Strength Radio.